good realtor will spend three hours a day calling. This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, we are um, getting at the tail end of this quarantine time, and there's been two types of people that are going to come out of this. Ones who sat on their ass and did nothing, and then others that actually spend a lot of time working on their business, getting in their business, and actually taking action and getting ready so that the time they could actually go back outside again, they're going to hit the ground running. And our guest today is going to talk to us about literally like just taking action. He's very uh, successful in the real estate investing space. He coaches a bunch of real estate investors and real estate investing and real estate agents both share one thing in common. And that's typically the very first transaction you do either as an investor or as an agent is super freaking scary. And it's normal. A lot of times that in itself, because it's doing, you haven't done it before is exactly the reason why you procrastinate not to do anything at all. We'd like to call that analysis by paralysis or whatever paralysis by analysis and don't overthink it. Sometimes you just have to take action. So we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest right now and see exactly what that is and exactly how you can do it. And honestly, take this guy's advice because um, quit sitting on your ass. There's a lot of opportunity right now. The question is, are you going to use it? So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Mike Simmons, the show. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. No problem. We appreciate you uh, coming on board here. Why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little bit of a uh, heads up who you are, what you do, and then let's get on into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, but I basically grew up blue collar uh, family, Midwest, Michigan guy. Uh, the goal and the dream in my family was to get a union job, work for 35 years, work all the overtime you can, keep your head down and hopefully you survive and, and you have a few years left when you retire. Yep. And so that's kind of what I did right out of high school. I kind of went that route until I got into the working world and said, this sucks. I hate it. I'm miserable and needed something, something else. I just needed a way out. I couldn't be a good employee. So discovered real estate investing and, and jumped in to that. I did it. My wife and I were partners uh, in the business at the time. We're not anymore. She's still my wife, but she's uh, gracefully bowed <laughs> out. Gonna, was a roller ask, coaster yeah. ride. Yeah, the roller coaster ride wasn't for her. She's a much more conservative person. And once she got out of the business, I have literally no fear of risk. Um, I, my, I've always told people, I think I might be dead inside when it comes to risk because nothing really raises my blood pressure, whether it be huge wins or huge losses. And because of that, I think it's, an, it's enabled me to sort of take, take risks or to take massive action when other people say, hey, hold on a second. I could really, something bad could happen here. Let's, let's analyze every, every angle. Let's talk to our family. Let's talk to everyone who will talk us out of it, which is, by the way, what people will do. They will talk you out of it if you ask them their advice, unless they are actually in what you're trying to do. So in other words, you're a real estate investor, a realtor, whatever you're doing, if you're taking some kind of action that there's risk involved and you ask people outside of that world, what do they think? They'll all probably tell you it's a bad idea. So everyone looks for a reason not to do things. I just went for it and did it. And in my experience, the people that I know that have been very successful in real estate aren't necessarily the smartest people I've ever met. They're not dumb, but they're not always... It's not about intelligence. It's usually about who's willing to, to show up, like who's willing to show up and do the work and, and, and take the, the action and take the risk. Those are the people who win 100% of the time. 
So let's talk about what's going on right now with the, even in coronavirus, everybody is sort of stuck inside, worrying and scared about what to do next. And then there's some people that are just still going. Uh, as a matter of fact, you yeah. see like Elon Musk is out there doing it right now, as a matter of fact, today, and that's making yeah. big news and whatnot. But yeah, why do you think that is? Why do we rely on so many other people's opinions? And this is important for branding, guys, because a lot of our audience will, we talk a lot about video on the show, a lot about getting out there and doing things differently, standing outside the box, generating attention around your brand. And the number one thing I see with our clients is they get scared to like, should I really do that? Oh, what are people going to think of me? Or A, I don't know if this makes sense. So what do you say to that? Man, I started my career in real estate back in 2008, right? When everyone was screaming, get out of real estate, the sky is falling. Like I didn't know any better. I got in probably at one of the best times I could have gotten in when everyone else was screaming, get out. And I always tell people, listen, if you follow the beaten path, you will be with the masses and the masses aren't happy with where they are. They're not building successful businesses. You have to step outside of what people are doing. And the fact of the matter is it's proven in history over and over again, the best time to start a business in a lot of cases is when it seems intuitively to be the worst time. When people are screaming, everything's going to hell, this is bad, we're all gonna, nothing's ever gonna be the same again, that's when the opportunities are there, right? It's very counterintuitive. It's a lot like when people say, you lived in Chicago for a while, you said, when you're, when you're on ice and you're sliding, they say steer into the, the slide, like mm-hmm. steer toward what you want to get away from and it helps you go away. It's counterintuitive. In stocks, when everything drops off and stocks are like bottoming out, the inclination is to get out, right? Like, oh, let's bail. Let's just get out while we can. No, that's when you buy. It's always when things seem the darkest, when you need to start something and when you get out, need to get out there and get after it. Because you said it, I've listened to your, uh, some of your past episodes so many people are going to go out of business right now mm-hmm. because they're afraid and they're, they're basically second guessing everything. And if you look for a reason not to do something, you'll find it. Yeah. If you look for a reason to do something, you'll find that too. It just depends on what are you looking for? Are you playing defense? Are you playing offense, right? I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. He talks about it all the time. You need to be on offense more often. Quit playing defense all the time. Quit waiting and reacting in a negative or scared way. You need to go out and start taking charge of what's happening and going on offense and figuring out, you know, light to me, it's all a chess game, right? We're sitting here in front of this chessboard and life just moved its chess piece and it's coronavirus, right? Here, here's a new twist. Here's something you got to deal with. I'm going to move my piece. Now you can turn the board over and say, I quit. I can't win. Or you can sit there, look at the board and go, all right, what are my options? What do I do? How do I counter? What's my counter move to what life just handed me? And if that's the way you approach problems, I'm going to treat this like a chess match. Not like, oh, I was just beaten down and now I have to lick my wounds. No, there was a move made. Are you going to stand up and make your move or are you going to back down and quit the game? Right? You quit the game, you're going to go out of business. You're going to be like everybody else. But if you look at this as a challenge, and by the way, during this coronavirus, the people who survive, I think, are going to have better businesses. They're going to be more efficient. They're going to be more lean. They're going to have new ways of getting clients, new ways of doing business that they didn't think about or they were too lazy to do when things were going great. Back in February, January, might have had some good months. Everything seemed great. This hits. The people who figure it out when we come out of this, like you said, hopefully that's real soon. When we come out of this, they will be better and stronger and more dangerous of an opponent than they were before the coronavirus. 
And the people who 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 phase out, they're just they're just gonna be gone. I mean, that that's it. And if yep. they're ha- if they're okay with that, then then that's fine. But I'm not okay with that. I've worked a nine to five. I've worked in corporate. I know what the alternative is. So I'm not letting that happen. So when he's saying you guys like new ways to do business, like let's define that a little bit. Like here's a perfect example, like the need to be able to go virtual and present virtually, to be able to do online virtual presentations. What's going to happen is that even regardless of when this thing, um, and I'll give you a perfect example, in our own office, we were always in office. Our customer service has actually gotten better going virtual and we were forced to like adapt as a team to go virtual. But what we also seen is that I think that a lot of the buyers and sellers are going to opt in. And, and I think you, as an agent, you have to have an option to be like, hey, I'll give you the listing presentation virtually or buyer's presentation virtually. You have to have yep. the ability to create content on a dime. Right now, everybody was stuck inside of their houses doing absolutely nothing. Whereas a lot of our clients were creating a lot of content and generating attention all around their brands. And in those brands are generating referrals right now during this crazy coronavirus time because this real estate game has always been about attention, not lead generation, at least in the real estate residential side. Uh, we flip to yeah. investor side, that's more targeted marketing. You got to be in that space. Yep. 100% targeted marketing. You nailed it on a couple of fronts. And for us, it's kind of the same thing. We always had a physical office that we went to. Ironically, right before the corona thing hit, we decided to go virtual because we realized the overhead was unnecessary. We just did, People were out in the field so much, the office ended up sitting empty. So we got rid of the office, but it was great timing, but it also forced us to realize we didn't need that office. That was wasted time. And by the way, people stand around and they, they kind of BS during the day. And it's like, we wasted some time by having an office. Sure. So that was one thing. All of our appointments, all of our, our uh, seller appointments were in person. We have a sales guy that just lights out. Like he's, he's a killer. He will close you if he gets in your house. <laughs> and when this happened and we couldn't get in the house, we were like, holy crap, like our advantage has been taken away for a second. We thought that way. And then we just said, you know what? We're going to have to start trying to close over the phone. Like we're closing deals over the phone now where we never did that before. Matter of fact, it was suggested to me a few times and I said, no way, man, I got the best salesman on earth. I'm not, I'm not closing over the phone. I want to get this guy in their house. But the fact of the matter is it took him a half an hour, 45 minutes to get the appointment. He's there for an hour, half an hour, 45 minutes back prep time you know, running comps and all this stuff he had to do. So he could only make maybe three, four offers a day, maybe on a busy day. Now we can make 10, 12 offers, no problem during, during the day, right? So our, our percentage of getting that deal might've gone down slightly, but we're able to make so many more offers and, and talk to so many more people that it's gonna end up being probably the way we do business going forward. We may still go on some appointments, but we're gonna incorporate to a large extent virtual signings and virtual closings. So that's been huge for us. And as far as like, on our for us as an investor, we're also dealing with with uh, with flippers and landlords and things like that. So we went out and purchased kind of proactively a 360 degree camera. So we can go into, when we do go into the house to get the pictures and things, we're taking full video, 360 degrees. People can stop, zoom in, you know, in the real estate, uh, realtor world, you guys have been doing this for a while. Investors are in the stone age for a lot of this stuff. So for us, getting that kind of, you know what? I know. And and certainly I've dealt with realtors that are in the stone age, but believe me when I say as investors, we're not a whole lot better sometimes. So us getting that kind of level of video. So now when people are interested in buying properties from us, they can kind of walk it virtually. And that's, that's been huge. And it's a lot less invasive, right? Homeowners don't love the whole walkthrough thing. It's not like their favorite part of the process. And if we can cut down on that quite a bit, 
that'll be to our advantage going forward. It should be. I mean, people don't schedule time to see the house that they first haven't seen online first. And um, what it does is it, it pre-qualifies them, you guys. It's not like, you know, like someone who actually goes through the steps of looking at the videos, then they looked at the pictures or vice versa, and then they schedule an appointment. They're more qualified to see that house versus somebody that just saw the kitchen picture, for example. And yeah, I, I agree. I think that there you could have a lot of uh, time wasted just getting there and back. But what's yeah. interesting is that what you said is that people are going to look more so on how you're doing business. So like the agent that can go virtual or the investor that can go virtual, at least in the eyes of the public, just looks a lot more legit than the one who can't. Right. So hundred percent, you know, it's funny just talking about this whole mindset too, with the coronavirus and everything. So there's a a guy who reached out to me. He's just, he's in a mastermind that I belong to. And uh, he's like, Hey, I need to talk to you about what's happening right now in my business and how we're trying to adapt. And he got on the phone with me and the first thing he said was, he goes, man, I don't know if this uh, entrepreneur life is for me. And I said, why? And he's like, I mean, with the coronavirus, like everything changed, like everything is different and I'm trying to adapt to it. And I don't, I don't know if that's for me. And I said, dude, if that isn't for you, you're right. You should go get a nine to five job because forget the coronavirus. Things change all the time. I don't know about you, but my business does not look like it did 18 months ago. Nope. And it's not because of the coronavirus. It didn't look like it did 18 months ago back in January. And it probably won't look exactly the same 18 months from now. Things change, right? You have to move with the cheese. You have to figure out what's going on and adapt. This is just something everyone's dealing with universally, but in your local market, in your family, in your company, people come and go, there's issues, there's problems, you're always adapting. This is just a universal problem that we're all dealing with. But if this wasn't here, I would have had people that might have quit or I had somebody who's causing an issue in my in my company or just locally we have something going on. I'm in the, I'm heavily tied or I, I'm not me, but my the area that I'm in in Michigan, we're heavily tied to the automotive industry. So when the automotive industry goes bad for some reason, that affects me too. So there's always outside forces that are affecting us. And if that is if that's too much for you to deal with and you don't like having to adjust to outside forces, it might not be for you. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's not for everybody. In real estate, a lot of agents go into it thinking it's a job, not realizing that they're actually becoming a small business owner and that the broker they work yeah. for is nothing more than just somebody that takes a portion of their money and handles their paperwork at the end of the day in yeah. 99% of the cases. So let's, let's, let's go into this. So like as an investor, what kind of opportunities are we looking at? Because do you think in uh, Michigan and all that, like 2008, remember those days, they were great. That was a short sale wave. That was the foreclosure mess. There was a lot of opportunity yeah. at that time. What are you going to focus to? Like what changes? What do you think is coming? You're, you're coaching these people across the country. What should agents be focused on in terms of the types of residential properties that are coming up? There's an Airbnb problem right now, apparently. Uh, talk to yeah. me a little bit more about the investor space and opportunities agents could look at that they didn't traditionally yeah. look at before. Love to. So from an, from an investor standpoint, here's what I think is going to happen. And when people are, are, are freaking out about what's going on, oh, house prices are dropping and all this. I said, listen, this is just facts. Like this isn't even my opinion. In March, April, and May, there would have been a lot of people that wanted to sell their house and maybe they're holding off because they're nervous or they don't want anybody in their house, whatever the case may be, right? There's a little bit of a, of a dam being built of people who want to buy and sell houses, right? So what I'm thinking, what I believe will happen is all of those people who would have wanted to buy or sell a house that, that held off, whatever percentage of people that is, right? When things break open, let's just say June 1st, we kind of get a little bit more back to normal you still have people in June, July, August who would have sold or bought, like you're going to have the normal volume of people, 
but you have this pent up demand that was being artificially held back by by fear or whatever the case may be. I believe in the summertime, we're going to have like a bonanza. There's going to be tons of, of opportunities out there to not only buy houses as an investor, to find houses that are the people who need to sell, but there's a lot of people who will want to as an investor from the investor side, also want to purchase houses for flips and things like that. Because I know in my business, I do wholesaling, right? So I've got a lot of buyers on my list that I have a deal, I get it under contract, I talk to them, they say, ah, we're holding off. You know, we we won't wait another month or two to kind of see what happens here. I know I have pent up demand just to my own business. So once that breaks, I think there's going to be a tremendous, like, I think the, the, the ocean is going to sort of come back in a little bit. And then there's going to be this swell of opportunity. Now, long-term, what's it going to do to house prices? I really don't think it's going to have a tremendous effect personally. And that's just my opinion from my corner of the world. I don't think this is going to be 2008, 2009, where everything just drops off the map. I just don't think so. Because back then, the root of the problem was real estate, right? We were at the heart of the issue. We're not at the heart of the issue. This is an external thing that's affecting real estate because of fears. And by the way, public opinion has so much more effect on real estate than people realize, right? The fear and whatever's put out into the media. But when this thing kind of snaps back, and we're in an election year, you can't forget about that too. So I think that that's going to artificially kind of boost up the real estate world a little bit. 2021 is a totally different story. But To answer your question more directly, I think where it's going to affect us is office space, that kind of real estate, it's going to be difficult because a lot of us are realizing we don't need an office and and there's going to be people going out of business, right? I would not necessarily want to have a ton of office space in my portfolio right now, but warehouse space, totally different story, all right? People are ordering online. They don't want to go to the store. I think that will probably continue. It's convenient. People have gotten used to it. People like my parents who aren't aren't used to buying from Amazon, they don't really understand it, have been buying from Amazon, right? I think that's going to continue. Office space will be huge. And in the real estate sector, when the single family, as far as single family goes, I think rentals are going to come back with a vengeance. I think rental rates are going to go up. I think people are going to have, this is going to be enough of a scare where people lost some income here and maybe lost their job. It's going to be enough of a scare to have people say, I'm just going to rent. I don't want to have a mortgage. I have my foreclose on. I'm going to go and be a renter. And I think the rental market's going to boom next year, big time. I haven't seen anybody, full-time agents. We have people all over the country. So you see different markets, different opening and closing COVID, this, that, whatever. The people who are still full-time have always been doing business. I'm seeing them do more business, but the ones who never really were full-time committed, they're struggling. That's what I'm seeing. Right. Um, yep. Well, you I, said I, it, I the people who look at it like a job, they're going to struggle because they don't, they don't realize they're an entrepreneur. They're, they're yeah. looking at this like a job and, you know, my company is not providing opportunities. No, you, you need to provide your opportunities, right? I think those are the people that are going to have a really rude awakening. Well, it's good. Um, unfortunately, we do need to be cleaned out. Even the investor market needs to be cleaned out. There's low yep. hanging fruit on both sides of it. And uh, this is one of those things. You know, my dad told me a story when I, um, as a kid, and my dad actually had a factory that he grew. And just the point of the story is this has happened in 1980. The only reason my dad got the opportunity to grow his factory, because at that time was right when Reagan and Carter were going through the mess, and that that's the economy, the interest rates are like 16%. So every single person went out of business in the manufacturing space in Chicago at that time, except my dad. And they were the last one standing, just two Mexican guys from Mexico sitting there. And there was nobody left to fucking play game, play ball. And they ended up creating a multi-million dollar manufacturing plant for Procter and Gamble, an opportunity that came out of the worst time in life because they didn't know any better. You know, they're just two hardworking Mexican guys going at it, getting their shoulder down. Um, It's really relevant to what's taking place today. I believe. 
it's interesting what you see about the commercial space. Like folks, right off the bat, that's an opportunity. If I'm in the commercial space as an agent, I'm going after those people because they're scared shitless right now. All those doctors that have all these office buildings, there's going to yeah. be an opportunity in that. I bet you in the next five to 10 years, you see a huge shift in multipurposing a lot of that office space into New Year's. Oh, yeah. Because they're not going to turn down, they're going to tear down the damn office building. They're going to turn yeah. it into a fucking daycare center, a school, a hospital. Yeah. They're going to be yeah. doing You're things so like right. that. Yep. So, you're so, dude, you're so right. You're, you're hundred percent right. It's going to change. And like I said, like when, when everyone is running away from something, you need to take a close look at it and find out where the opportunities are because that is where the opportunities are half the time. Yep. They always say, uh, I forget the saying. I remember saying it when I used to speak a lot in like 2007, eight, nine, we're doing short sales stuff. And I used to say, there's a saying that I remember all the gurus were, that were saying at the time that there's more wealth transferred in the time of recession than there is during the time of going up. And it's true because of the opportunity and so much things change hands. So folks, yep. it's not all doom and gloom. Nope. What other um, advice do you have for people that are just sort of still like, should I do this? Should I do that? They're scared. And folks, I'm going to let it rip on you right after he gets done with this because I'm going <laughs> to at all of you guys who are sitting on the damn sidelines with this whole video thing and brand yeah. thing because honestly, people are passing you up right now, folks. You still have time to do it, but I mean, content creation, branding, personal branding, it's the future of your business. There's no other purpose yeah. for your existence other than yeah, human connection. I Totally, man. I, I have I have stepped up. I mean, it's part of the reason why we're talking right now. I have stepped up the whole personal brand, trying to create awareness for sure. Listen, if you're sitting on the sidelines right now and you don't know whether or not you should do it, you really have two options. You can look at what's happening in your life. And, and a lot of times for people, if the pain isn't great enough, they'll continue to sit. And, and listen, I've got family members. I have a brother who came to me three years ago and said, I want to start investing in real estate. I want to learn how to do it. He has a brother who speaks nationally in front of crowds. I, I've trained hundreds of people. And I said, I will do everything in my power to help you other than do it, but I will be here for you. Three years later, guess how many houses he has purchased? Goose egg, nothing, right? He wants to want it. He likes the thought of having something. It's just not bad enough for him to go for it, right? And if you're sitting on the sidelines and wondering, and by the way, I'll reveal something about myself. I wasn't always the person who just said, I'm going to go for it and do it. When I decided I wanted to be a real estate investor, it was 2003. I bought my first house in 2008. I know what it means to sit on the sidelines. I have sat through the anxiety and the self-hate of wanting to get started, but being too afraid and thinking I had to learn a little bit more to do it. But in 2008, when the dam broke open and I started going for it, Man, I was making offers like it was going out of style and my company hockey stick because I was going for it. So you can sit around and think about it all you want and you can wait until after the Corona, but then you're going to wait until after Christmas and then you're going to wait until after Easter and then you're going to wait until the summer's over because you're going on vacation. I've seen this cycle before. There's always a reason not to do something. You need to find the reason to do something. Find the reason within you deep inside. Maybe it's your kids, a better opportunity. Maybe you want to help out a family, whatever it is. Maybe you just want a, a nice car and a nice house. That's fine. It'll motivate you. But whatever it is, figure it out and decide whether or not you want that more than you want to stay in your current life. That's all there is to it, man. I, people who, I, I have a real, if you ask my, like my brother, for example, because I give him a hard time all the time. <laughs> I have so little tolerance for people who say they want something and do nothing, yeah. nothing right? So now's the time to do something. By the way, you're not going to find a better time in the next eight months, 10, 12 months to do it than now. Now is the time, right? Yeah. It'll be a great time, but this is the time. It's not the yep. time to shrink away. It's time to step up. In other words, folks, don't be a bitch. Get off your ass and start doing it. Nobody's going to do it for you. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes I have to 
talk harshly towards you because what he's telling you is exactly right. Um, we see this every day in our space, like with the video thing, should I do it, should I not? Never before in humankind has a little device about five inches long have the ability to make a 250 pound grown man cry and buckle at the knees just because they're talking to a damn camera. And folks, <laughs> folks, it's not because of any other thing than other than it's new and you haven't done it before. And that's really it. Like the first time you went on a listing presentation or the first time you met with that million dollar buyer, you were scared shitless and that's normal, but you didn't not try it or you didn't say, Hey, I'm not going to go out and do it. First time you bought that house as a real estate investor, you did the same damn thing too. You didn't like say, Oh, I'm not going to go look at it because what if this happens? What if that happens? And you look back and you're like, fuck, I made $35,000. That was worth it. Sometimes just get in the, it's like riding a bike. I didn't brush my teeth every day either. When I first started, like as a kid and as a human, I was taught to do that. And I learned how to do it. It felt really icky the first time I did it, but I kept doing it and now I don't mind it. And it's become a habit. This yeah. is everything that we do in life, folks. It's not just real estate or anything. It's like fucking do it. Do yeah. it. There's nothing I'll say else the people to do. Who, the people who do it, by the way, if you're sitting on the sidelines and you're like, yeah, easy for you to say, guys, you're doing it. You're making money. You're successful. Whatever the case may be. Trust me when I say, I was afraid the first offer I made in a house, I was death. I just made an offer. I didn't even buy it yet. I just made an offer. I was deathly afraid. It's not whether or not you're afraid. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's afraid the first time they do it. Some people are afraid every time they do it, but they do it. That's the difference. They do yeah. it. I will uh, release a book uh, one day, what I went through in the last three to five years, and it's going to be called Faith Over Fear. And it's exactly on this topic, uh, going all in. And the story is very deep. And that'll come out because you're right. Like it's not fun starting a, a business. It's something that you would never want to do again, but you're glad you did. Virtually totally. anyone who, who's done on the same side. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners uh, how they can reach you, how they can find you, plug your social, plug your site, and then we'll go ahead and get this thing wrapped. Will do. All right, guys, you can find me. I have a podcast on my own at Just Start Real Estate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to them. So go to Just Start Real Estate. You can find me on Instagram at Mike S. Simmons. And then just real quick, if it's okay, I, I, I just uh, released a book. It's going to be available on June 1st in Amazon. It's called Level Jumping. And it's how I grew my business from basically a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to a, over a million dollars in gross profits per year. Uh, exactly what I did to get there. And uh, go check it out on Amazon, Level Jumping. I would appreciate it. And he's doing it not in a multi-million dollar market either, folks. He's doing it just north of Detroit. What's the average sales price? 150,000, 2,000, 200,000. Multi-million dollar business, great. So if you're in San Diego, you're doing tens of millions of dollars. It's all the same thing. It's just a different price point, 100%. same process. Very 100%. cool. I appreciate your insight today. Folks, we appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Real Estate Marketing Jude Podcast. But if you've gotten anything out of this show, I hope it's this. And this is me talking directly to you. So I don't care if you're sitting there on your treadmill, whatever the hell you're doing right now, listen. Get off your ass and start working on your personal brand. 96% of consumers choose you, hire you, not the brokerage you work for. If you're going to spend the rest of your life marketing their brand, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're wasting time not building your own. The only way you're going to build a brand is through consistent communication to the same audience over time. That audience is typically your database. Get on your computer right now. Go to realestatemarketingdude.com and let me make this simple for you. It's not that hard, folks. Just get on it. It works every single time. And I don't care if you do videos with me. I don't care if you do videos at all, but you have to start creating some form of content around your brand if you want to remain relevant into 2020 and beyond. Because if not, there's way too much noise out there. And yeah, you will get drowned out by it. That's just what's coming, folks. It's the existence. It's the purpose of real estate marketing, dude. So thank you for listening to another episode. Leave us some reviews. Plug on our site. Leave us some reviews on uh, Stitcher right here, iTunes. And follow us on social. 
uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us and subscribe and all of those fun things. We'll see you guys in the next episode of Real Estate Marketing New Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.